I would sing a little bit and stuff, and he'd always tell me I need to go do something with music. And one day it was hot, and I was pissed off, and I threw my shovel across the job site, and I was like, I swear to God, I'm out of here. And he's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to go do something with music. I don't give a shit what it is. I'm going to go to American Idol. I'm going to go sing at a bar. I don't care what it is, but I'm going to do something with music. He said, I've been waiting for you to say that, you know? So yeah, that was that was a couple of years after I'd met those guys and sang that song. The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. As we roll on here on Whiskey Weeks 2023, we have a fun guest <laughs> for you. He has got a couple <laughs> new singles out. Jones and Forgotten Man, Baptized, they're all out now. Let's welcome in Elvie Shane. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It, it was fun doing a little catch-up, and you weren't doing anything you shouldn't be doing beforehand. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Legal you weren't jonesing for anything? Nope. Not at all. <laughs> Nobody knows where I'm at right now. You know? That's, that is true. That is true. Now, this is called Bar Conversations, and I don't think you've got anything strong in that cup of yours. But uh, what are you drinking tonight, or what's your go-to drink? Man, usually I'm just a uh, pretty much a bourbon with a little bit of water and on the rocks, you know. Um, I've been venturing over and trying more sake these days because I Ooh. always like that when we go to Japanese restaurants. But I don't know anything about it yet or anything. I've had I've had a couple people introduce me to some better sake, and it all just tastes like hot sake to me. I don't know what the difference <laughs> is, but uh, I know you know. I'm just a bourbon guy. I'm, I'm from Kentucky, so I, I established not too long ago that if I was going to be a Kentucky boy, I might as well just drink bourbon and keep it easy. I don't like. I'm, I'm not a big beer guy, man. Honestly, I uh, <clears throat> I've had some beer that I like. You know, there's like there's a few like local breweries I've tried, and there's I can always have like a, a high life or a Coors or something. You know, if, if I got to drink a beer, but. Other than that, bourbon. I was going to say, I figured you might be bourbon. When I was talking to, to Frank Ray, he said he always would raid your uh, your bullet. Yeah. Yeah, he always had tequila and I always had bullet. It was very stereotypical of us. <laughs> man, Frank, that it was a trip having him on tour, man. What a good dude. And his whole group, man, I love those guys so much. They taught me so many things in Spanish that I should never say in public. So well, maybe you can talk to my brother-in-law about that. He, he, he's he been uh, learning a few things in Spanish over the years during his careers. <laughs> you can talk to your brother-in-law about anything and everything, buddy. Anything and now, everything. That That is an understatement. Now, for me, I went, since you're down in, you know, the Lake Cumberland area, I got a little Kentucky Senator bourbon, and it's batch four, which is uh, paying honor to John Sherman Cooper from down in Somerset. So I figured that was appropriate oh, for that's tonight. Cool. Yeah, man, I, I would have, a, I would have a cocktail with you. I've actually been dry for the last, hmm, maybe month and a half, two months now. Uh, not because it's like I'm, I don't really like it as as he cracks one open. I love it. Um, I don't have an issue drinking or anything. Never have. I just, uh, it's never. I, I've never had a. Uh, an ongoing relationship with it either. So I, I'm just some bend, 
sometimes you bend and, and eventually break and and there was a little span of time where i was bending so i'm gonna break now you know what i mean but i'm I, there you I'm, go i'm wholeheartedly looking forward to uh to the fall and some uh some fall beers and some fall whiskey by the fire and stuff like that you know i think that's my favorite time to do is that time of year just hanging out with friends and family and around a fire pit outside at a family get together or something like that. I love it. Yeah. I was going to say that that's a, probably one of the, my favorite places. And, and I'm wondering too, um, is it your wife that caught, got you kind of on the straight and narrow back in the day and, you know, made you behave a little bit and, and uh, you know, even you gave up music for a bit. Is that yeah, right? She definitely, um, I had to, had to, detour from the path I was on when I met her for sure uh I don't know what it was man but honestly I just there was something about about her that made me like think to myself hey self we're gonna have to straighten some shit up you know Uh, I I could just tell that she was somebody that I wanted to spend a lot of time with when I first met her so so yeah I, I straightened up and then uh you know I was I was way I was way worse off back then than I have been since. I've definitely uh, I've definitely fell off the wagon a, a few times since me and her have been together, and, and uh, but somehow kept my shit together, you know, within within my little uh, rides in the ditch. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I guess it's just like been living without any purpose really for a few years and then you meet this you meet this person that's got a, a five-year-old little kid you know that you know i don't know i just wanted to uh what are you trying to do to me right now <laughs> putting you on the spot it's conversations no, but, no, the, but, those random conversations you have at the bar you know and but you yeah. did eventually you know after you you know maybe you know didn't hit the ditches often and got back on the road you you picked up music what was it that made you get back into music and and start you know kind of playing and doing shows and things yeah sorry man i just hey sometimes at the bar i, I get a little sentimental too uh no, man, I, I put my guitar down for like three years after me and her met because playing music to me kind of was associated with the lifestyle that I've been living. So I remember it was when uh, it was the first time I heard Sturgill Simpson's You Can Have the Crown. Mandy and I had been married for a few years, I think, and uh, we're probably living in like our third or fourth apartment out of the 30 we've lived in now. Uh <laughs> But I heard that song, and and I'd been listening to the Steel Drivers a lot, and I was like, you know, man, I just this music make makes me feel something like I haven't felt since I was a kid listening to Steve Earle and uh, John Fogerty's, you know, solo records from the '80s and '90s or whatever, or John Fogerty's from the '90s. But so I ordered this little Taylor guitar, and. uh started playing music again and then was just in secret you know and then my friends one night at a, at a party i picked up a guitar and i sang a johnson brothers song that i'd learned and learned is a word too i don't give a shit what anybody says uh but uh only i'm this is tangential man I'm, I'm i'm going off the rails here but anyways i'm at this party and it's it's after the party's over and i pick up this guitar and i sing what was it 
What is the name of that song? Oh, it's uh, Barely Alive by the Johnson Brothers. And I learned it, and I'm singing it, and you hit this high note in it or whatever. And I get done, and everybody's just like, you sing? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. It was history from there, but yeah. I mean, meet Mandy, it was her friends that had that party. They had a band called Borrow Blue. Those guys brought me to Nashville for the first time ever. And, and uh, it was cool. Man. I don't know. Well, I was going to say, and then you started going down to Nashville and doing some, some writing sessions. What what drove you to to that side of things? Because obviously kind of playing and doing things is one, but getting into some songwriting and writer's rooms is a whole different ballgame. Dude, look, I love the working man. I grew up around him. I, uh, I definitely was dirty hands, clean money my all through my 20s and, uh, you know, leading up to college. But to be honest, what really led me there was I was just tired of sweating my ass off and not getting much in return for it. Just like everybody else that does it is. And uh, I had this guy, Steve Rick. So I got a job working for this company out of Kentucky. Uh, I won't say the name, the company name, uh, but they clearly did not know how to treat people that work for him but there was this one guy there was this one guy named steve rich and i got put on his crew and he was so good to me man and he like he let me use my my head a little bit instead of just my hands right and i really appreciated that because it was the first time anyone had ever done it <laughs> and i would i would sing a little bit and stuff and he'd always tell me i need to go do something with music and one day it was hot and i was pissed off and I threw my shovel across the job site, and I was like, I swear to God, I'm out of here. And he's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to go do something with music. I don't give a shit what it is. I'm going to go to American Idol. I'm going to go sing at a bar. I don't care what it is, but I'm going to do something with music. He said, I've been waiting for you to say that, you know? So and that was that was a couple of years after I'd met those guys and sang that song in front of everybody that night and started going out and playing shows with them. So I just hadn't committed yet, so... I uh, started coming to Nashville after leaving that job and working for a job called Pro Video Audio Productions out of Monticello, Kentucky. I was building stages, running cables, lights, uh, speak, hanging speakers, uh, running monitors for artists that were playing shows. So I got to learn the ins and outs of the live world, which I, I thought was really cool. And, and Danny Davis, who owns that company, he also, you know, he really let me use my, my head and my hands. You know, and I, I really respect him for that and appreciate that, but. That was my dip into the music scene. And then, yeah, I just started coming down with Matt Cooper, the lead singer of Borrow Blue, and hanging out. His dad had a condo here in town. and I uh, I loved songwriting my whole life. I've been trying to write songs since I was like eight years old, just walking around in fields on my, my old road I grew up on. Uh, when I found out that I, I just didn't know it was a thing, man. I didn't know... Like, if I'd have known this was a thing when I was a kid, I'd have been like, peace out. I'm headed to Nashville where I can just go hang out at a bar and have some drinks and uh, potentially meet a group of people that I write songs with that could change my life and, and allow me to do what I, I really love to do and, and, and make money doing it, you know? So I just had no idea that was a, that seemed like such a fairy tale where I come from, you know? And... 
I say I come from a like a yeah right town. Like you say you go you're gonna go live a life like that and people are like, Yeah right. Well now I've been ever since I found out that it's like I'm like if you can really do that now I'm on a mission to like tell these kids everywhere I go that you know it's, I don't care if you want to be a, the best welder in the world or a, a actor or singer or, or whatever it is author I don't care what like I, like now I know that you can you know you can go and chase that life and and potentially you know have a good life doing so anyways like I said I'm, I'll get off the rails but no, I mean, like, like you said, though, it, it led to some, some good things. And one of those was, was probably your biggest hit so far in my boy. And what was it like in that room that day when, when that song kind of came to be? Man, we wrote that song much like me and you're hanging out right now. Uh, we were just hanging out on a porch, having some drinks. And uh, we were talking about a Facebook post. A friend of mine, Danny Davis, who I work for, actually, his wife had sent a post to me on Facebook that said, I don't have a stepson. I have a son that was born before I met him. So we were just talking about that post. And uh, there's four of us there. We Somebody just, one, Lee Starr started playing something on guitar. And somebody said, uh, he ain't got my smile. That don't bother me a bit. He's got somebody else's eyes I'm seeing myself in. And I was like, damn, man. Like, so we, I was saying like, like I'm from freaking Venice Beach over here. I keep catching myself. Oh. But no, there was three of us in the group that could relate, you know, personally to the story in some way. We had no idea that we were going to write write a song that night or anything and then that that song happened and, and for me while we were writing it I was just kind of it's hard to come into somebody's life like that man I thought I was going to ride in on my white horse and like change everything that I thought was you know wrong with the picture you know and I wanted to just like be there and I wanted I guess I just, I just wanted to you know feel feel that feel what it feels like to be that important to somebody you know like as a, be a parent i didn't know what it felt like to feel like you were that important to somebody you know so uh so but it's a hard thing right you come in then then what you do that's something that you may have been dealing with like your whole life right and then so you set expectations uh for what that's supposed to be like and, and it's i can guarantee for me and for anyone else who's ever stepped into that position it's not that's not how it works you know so then I'd been learning this for a few years now, and, it, and uh, I was really thinking, I was like, man, if I could just figure out a way to say, or if we could make this song when my boy is 17 years old, which he is now, you know, he was nine at the time. I was like, when my boy's that age, if he could listen to this song and know what my intentions were coming to his life, you know? So I kind of really seen it as that, not in the moment, but later on in life and what was so cool is how it broke out after that and how I seen people using it that way right like they would play it for their their sons daughters fathers mothers uh respectively you know and, and uh you would get to see that reaction of like oh that's what this mother did you know or, or those that's what he meant that's what he wanted me to know you know something that, 
I felt very blessed to to have had so many people tell us that we said something in a way that that hadn't they didn't know how to express with words, you know. And and I think I, I don't take credit for it, man. There was four of us there that night, and it was just a collective of thought and and people really giving a shit about what the song said. But the fifth writer was definitely God that night, you know. So uh, it was cool, man. It changed my life. It changed my life. In a, in a great, great way, and uh, it's also, you know, it's been amazing and getting number one, one and everything. But it's also been a struggle to like let people know that that's just one facet of you know of who I am or one part of who I am, and trying to continue to push the boundaries with music and and art and who I am and let people know more, like anybody cares it's just you know it's it sounds so weird to say it like that just being a being a boy from post house road in katieville kentucky man it feels weird to say this stuff but i uh to me it's just like i just i just love the act of it man i love the act of 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 putting the music out there and it's like i, I always tell everybody i tell other artists i was like never 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 feel like we're any i don't feel like we should ever be put on a pedestal because it's none of us are all that special. So if, it's, if I or you or anyone else just shares experiences that they've had in life, I feel like there's always going to be a number of people who relate, you know? I'm well, and that's uh, definitely what you, you get to do. I mean, and, and obviously something that's important to you is family. I mean, like you said, you got um, the 17-year-old son and I believe a two-year-old old daughter. What's it, what's it like having that lovely age gap? <laughs> almost had one out of the house and got a little too excited one night. I don't know, man. Um, it's wild. It's, it's, it's really cool to see. So right now I'm getting to see my son enter into manhood and, you know, me and him, we still definitely have our, our little rocky ways from time to time, but man, I'm so, I'm so proud of him and he's playing golf now. And I love it when you see anybody, no matter what the passion is, <clears throat> like even if it's something I'm not necessarily into or whatever, I love to just see anybody find something that they're passionate about and just see that fire be lit in them for the first time in their life, right? <clears throat> now he's made me love playing golf. Like I love it so much and hate it so much at the same time. It's like you're supposed to have 14 clubs. I think I've got 11 now. You know, it's like, <clears throat> I, I don't know. It's just cool to see him doing that, man. And work. He's literally played golf every day since uh, I took him to the course in April of last year, and he literally is on a golf course every single day of his life. And he's, and he's been named like one of the top, the top player on his team now, and uh, it's cool. But yeah, so the gap though, I digress. Um, it's wild. We call him Dad, bro. You know, he can, <laughs> he can either so, and, you know, unfortunately I'm not, I'm just not able to be around all the time. So he's, he's definitely, he's at an age right now where the maturity level is there to, to fill in for, for me in some spaces, you know, it's definitely missing some ball games these days, you know, but, uh, it's trade off, I guess. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm guessing is the, the two year old ever keeping you up and, you know, giving you a hard time? Man, she is 
she's a doll, bro. She goes to bed at 8 o'clock every night, like, on the dot, unless we're traveling with her or something that's a little wonky then. But 8 o'clock on the dot, gets up at 8 o'clock in the morning. Has since she was, like, three months old. I swear, every night. Uh, is she making you want another one? <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. I ain't trying my luck. I'm good. I also, man, honestly, like just I gained so much more love and respect for my wife during the the, the pregnancy because I I think another reason, like I don't want to do that. I don't want to have another kid is just because I seen what it, you know. I seen the toll that it took on Mandy. I was like, I can't imagine going through that. You know, one time, even much less two. And I know it was, it was you know. 15 years apart, but it's a, that's a huge sacrifice. You know, I was, uh, I was one who was, she was always wanted to have kids too, uh, with, you know, but I was always the one who was adamant about, about having a kid, you know, so I just, I look at that as a huge sacrifice on her end and, uh, I don't want to do that to her again. Plus she's, she's nicer when she's pregnant. So that helps. <laughs> We, we, we won't tell her that. Now, you, you mentioned growing up in, in Kentucky. What was it like growing up in Kentucky, and what impact did that, that have on you? Oh, man. I think it's the pictures, man. It's just like the way that I get to I'm, – I'm just – I'm starting to get into to photography just as a, as a hobby, and um, I, I it kind of is in that – aspect it's kind of like the way that i get to see the lens that i get to see life through you know we're shaped by those years growing up in caneyville kentucky is a small town i like you know it's it's in the in the best ways this town is behind the rest of the world and by like 10 years you know and i love i'm super nostalgic and there was it just i come from a place where I felt like things were, were built better and more pride was taken in into things and, and hard work and work ethic was, you know, was revered amongst people in the community and they knew who the hard workers were and people they could count on and and uh I don't know, it's just it's the pictures, the people, the pictures. Uh, it's really sh- that that alongside of I've already talked about it once, but John Fogarty's Blue Moon Swamp record from 1997. It's probably the most shaping record for me as like how I see the world to, or the language that, you know, I, I use in my songs and stuff. I think it's from listening to that record while I was doing things like riding around with my dad on back roads while him and his buddy was having a beer and I'm sitting in between them and they're just riding around gravel roads, you know, back. Yeah, that, that shit happened, you know? And whatever. I thought, I, I still, I look back on those days and it was cool as hell. You know, probably not the best thing to do. You know, I'm not, I'm not out here hey, doing back that. then it was okay. <laughs> back then, I mean, yeah, all the stories we tell from our childhood, it's, it's like, whoa, we did that. <laughs> people don't, but, and, but people who don't come from that culture or whatever, I mean, they're like, the hell you said what, (laughs) you know, but it wasn't, it just, it wasn't like they were going out there getting trashed and running in trees and running off in ditches. It was just go, Hey, let's go for a ride around this three mile loop and have a beer and stop and see if we see deer out in the field somewhere. 
and say, hey, there's deer, you know, whatever. <laughs> but some of the best times of my life. Uh, aside from that, though, when my dad was driving, he drove a semi-truck all my life, and so I would ride around with him in a semi-truck, and we would just listen to this record over and over. He listened to it my whole life. But anyways, go listen to that record. And uh, I, I did this this thing, and I've, I've like, when people have asked me advice as far as songwriting, I'm, I'm always just like, tell the truth and make it rhyme. That's the best advice I can give you. But... <laughs> But this exercise that I did when I was working on my first record is I would I went and listened to all my favorite records. I, I went and listened to uh, Guitar Town, Blue Moon Swamp, uh, Sinners Like Me, uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town. I went and listened to all my favorite old records that I grew up loving. And I handwritten the lyrics. I don't know if that's a word, handwritten. I handwritten the lyrics uh, like 10 times to every song of each because I wanted to get in these guys' heads of like how are how are all my favorite writers or singers putting things into words to you know convey the story. So that was I don't know. It was a lot of work, man. It was a lot of work that I did kind of in quiet behind the scenes. But I just wanted to. I hate exercising the muscle. Like there's a, there's rights that we call just you know, exercise and muscle exercisers. And usually that means you try to write a song that day and you wrote a turd that can't be polished, right? <laughs> it's all good for us. we got to exercise in today. But I hate doing that, man. I'd rather just like, I, it's almost like when I get to write it, when I get to write in a setting that, that I like to write in, I, I protect that. So I don't even know what we were talking about. My bad. Well, that's okay, because it, it leads into my next question, because you, you talk about writing and, and kind of telling the stories, and obviously if you listen to, to Backslider, uh, Slider, you know, it's it's got, I think, a couple different chapters of your life and things like that, and like you said, you're talking about being on a backcountry road with your dad, you know, going in, the, riding in the truck, things like that. How, is that just you telling the truth pretty much in songs and letting you come out to the world with who you are? Yeah, I think Backslider in particular was very much a, hey, hey, raise my hand and back to class here. My name's Elvin Shane. I just want to let everybody know I'm present. This is where I come from. Um, things I've seen, people I've loved, people I've lost, you know, things have happened. It was, it was a very selfish record. It was all me, 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 But I have to, all I ever know to go by is a feeling. So like I got, if I'm writing a song and I get that feeling, 99 times out of 100, I'm going to know that that moment when I sing that song, that that song is going to be recorded and be on my record. And I don't know how we get to the feeling. I just know the feeling comes. The feeling sounds different all the time to me but yeah backslider was very much about just who i am where i come from i now i've been trying to like i feel like the news really sucks these days there's no good reporters they're all just very seems like everybody just wants to tell one side of the story so i'm trying to i'm just trying to be a little more objective and and learn from another thing that kind of 
goes hand in hand with the photography that that's I've been enjoying is like trying to learn more about the subject, right? And uh, whether it be a person or a, or whatever, but I also have to be able to like I wrote a I wrote a song example. I have to be able to relate to it in a way. Like I have to know what it, I have to have some kind of idea of what it feels like to be the character, <clears throat> or I can't, or I just don't feel like I can do it. But uh, I got a friend who's who's serving. Uh, for, very extended, you know, term in prison for uh, reckless homicide. And he's a, a friend of mine that I grew up with and spent, you know, time hanging out with out of school, did the same things he was doing to end up going into the penitentiary through his 20s. I was I was there doing the same shit, you know. I just, I, got, I didn't get caught, you know. So, <clears throat> and the times I did get caught, you know, it was more of a slap on the wrist. It was days, not years, you know? So, so I, I want, but I wanted people, I want people to know what it might feel like for like three minutes to, to be this guy sitting in your cell by yourself, just thinking or talking to God. So I wrote this song for him and it was, uh, it's kind of the first time that I really stepped outside of like, I have to be the character into I want to know what it feels like to be this guy for a few minutes and and try to have some understanding of like of even things that I might I, I might not ag agree with you know uh, but like maybe pretend for a verse that I do agree with something you know just to see what it's like <clears throat> but I don't know I say all that to just say that you know this this next record I'm working on is more about the the human experience uh, still, you know, definitely through my eyes and the way that I, I might see things, but I hope people enjoy it. It's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a, there's a portion of this record that's definitely a lot darker than, than anything was on uh, Backslider, but uh, I set myself up, man. I don't know. I, I named the record Backslider. I was in the, I was in the prime, I was in my prime. I was in the best shape. I was mentally, emotionally, fit baby i was good to go and then i was like let's put this backslider record out and all i've done since is backslide shit it's been a journey man but but this next record's called damascus so i'm hoping i'll make it to that well so far you like i said at the top you've, you've released a couple uh I, I assume singles songs that'll be on that whether it's jones in baptized forgotten man and it's definitely a different sound and is that just you just showing the other side of you as well? Like, hey, yes, I can do this, but I can also do this, and I like this type of music, and I like sharing stories this way. Yeah, man, I, I, I definitely feel like I've just been thinking about this in the last few days. I think definitely there's there's more uh, there's more of a heaviness and a grit to it that's probably me subconsciously trying to to let everybody know uh, there's that other side uh, away from what I am known for. So I, I'd say if I'm being honest, that's definitely a part of it, but also just, it's not really what I love about this record is it's not trying as much. It's just happening. So the, the first record, I cut the whole record with the, the Fletch, which is the, the, what I call the studio band that we use this amazing group of A-list players. And those same players played on uh, forgotten man. But on Jonesen, it was it was me, uh, Ryan Kendall, another songwriter, Jeremy Spillman, 
Oscar Charles on Bad Top, we wrote that song. So we just played it. We were in a house in Alabama and had the gear there, so we just recorded it there. And then on Baptized, we recorded the same place, but with it was uh, me, Oscar, Luke, Preston, and Dan Couch, and we all just played the instruments on the song. So, and literally, it was like, "Hey, this sounds cool. Oh, cool. What about this on top? Yeah, that's cool. What about this on top of that? That's cool too." Hit record, and we we just played it a few times and and recorded it, you know. And so, I, almost I, like old school. I love that about this record is that it's like it's kind of established itself as to what it sounds like, you know? And it's like, it's almost, I don't know. I, I, I'll nerd out on this shit, man. I love it. But, uh, uh, it's almost like a challenge too, from, from the music. I mean, dude, I, I, I love music, man. It's the only thing that I've ever, uh, that my entire life I've stuck with. And that's always been a part. And I'm like, I'm just super fascinated by music and art and artists that, really try to accomplish something with with a record or with the song and I, I look up to these guys I, one of my favorite artists I just posted a uh what's the word a memorial or whatever for him the mm. other day uh, Mac Miller is a hip hop artist that died five years ago or something like that off of a or from a fentanyl overdose fake pills or whatever but I didn't start listening to him until the until Backslider came out. Literally, Backslider came out within a few days. A friend of mine said, hey, you should go check out this Mac Miller cat. And uh, I just fell in love with his music and everything. And he's been a, he's big, a big, he's been a big inspiration in this project. What's cool, man, is I didn't know where to go for my first record, so I just decided I was going to go everywhere. <laughs> I was just like, call it, you know, throw spaghetti at the wall here's here's the thing though as long as every one of these songs i got that feeling that i was talking about when i when i sing it when i wrote it with with my when we wrote it um but i get that feeling when i sing it and all of it i've i've either been there with somebody been there myself felt that feeling at some point in time it doesn't it's not all about like where i am right now i'm looking at uh I'm looking at a song right now that I, I, I might want to put on the record. Such a far, I, I don't know, it's just, it's so different from anything else on the record, but that's that's why I love it too. Damascus is, you know, we came up with that idea, as we were talking about Paul and the road to Damascus and the Bible. And, but then Damascus, I, then I was like, I'm going to call this record Damascus. And I had this whole idea of like how to put it together just, all chaotic like with different styles and influences and i was like wait a minute damascus is also a type of metal where you take a bunch of different types of metal right and you beat them together and i was like oh, shit that's sick so that's my excuse if anybody's asking <laughs> making damascus steel baby i'm just beating away let's go let me do it D depending on depending on the day it'll be a different story right it could be this or it could be this depending on how you're feeling I, I I had a memory pop up from a Facebook um, post from like 2009 the other day, and it's it said uh, I was probably high when I said it, but I was like, I am who I am today, and if that changes, well, shit, I guess I am who I am tomorrow. And uh, so yeah, man, I mean that's 
I can't even keep up with me sometimes. So, but I I, I think uh, there's definitely cohesiveness to the project, and I put a lot of I put a lot of thought into how I want the the project to come come across, and how I want people to really think and people to laugh and people to say, "Holy shit! I can't believe he put that song on here." You know. We, I got a, I got a, I got a rare gem. I'm, I'm a surprise people with on this one. I was gonna say, don't get yourself in trouble yet, but, but obviously you, you, you put out a little, little bit, and, and one that I, I really do love is Jones in, and, and how did that one come, come about, and how much fun was it? What was the feeling you got on that one? <clears throat> so Jones in, we, we were just talking about Mac Miller, and I literally, I played a song called uh the weekend uh by mac miller and he, he's featuring somebody in the song but it's like i'll be good by the weekend oh i'll be good by the weekend oh uh, and it's just he's just talking about how everything's shit right now during the week but he's like i'll be good by the weekend and then in the video there's living it up on the weekends and it's like man i just want to i want to write a song guys i played that song for, for everybody in the room that night and Oscar and I had that title Jones in for a while. I said, but I just want to write a song that makes me feel the same. It doesn't, I don't want it to sound like that song. Obviously they've already done that, but I want to feel the same emotion I feel when I listen to that song, when I'm singing Jones. And, and what I got was that with, with a lot more angst. And, uh, this is cause I was like, you know, I was a punky emo kid. Uh, the world hated me. I hated the world, but, uh, but no, I, I won't go too far into detail, but that <clears throat> that night that uh, we we wrote that and I sang on that song, I, w- I went too far. I knew too much, and uh, and then when I came back down, I uh, I sang that vocal, and I'm, I've never felt a song so much in my life as as the night I sang that vocal and, it, and the, so the vocal wasn't perfect at all. It was the first take. And, uh, but I just said, Hey man, I'm never singing that again. That's it. That's the one, you know? So, and Oscar, I mean, and my producer, Oscar Charles, he's sick, man. He was like, Hey buddy, if you feel that way, then I ain't going to ask you. He knows when to, <laughs> he knows when to poke the bear and when not to, too. I'll fight. I've, I've choked his ass out in the studio before, but all in love, all in love. <laughs> Well, and, and they wanted to, I'll just put that out there, but, uh, well, you, you got to get it on the record, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I keep his ass that night. Now you, you, you've also been able to have some fun with some, some bands that I, I really love. You've been out on tour with Cadillac three, Blackberry smoke. How much fun was it to be on tour with, with those guys over the summer, spring and things like that? Oh man, it was sick. I'm, you know, I found Cadillac 3 and Blackberry Smoke at the same time. It was uh, near the time that I heard uh, You Can Have the Crown by Sturgill Simpson that I was talking about earlier. But uh, there was a song that uh, that uh, Cadillac 3 had. It's like, I got my boots laced up with my guitar strings. Every step I take, Mockingbird sings. I was like, the hell, what did you just say? Those lines were so cool to me. And then I found Blackberry Smoke through a song called, uh, what is this, Little Bitty Town, 
It ain't nothing new. We all stick around. They all tell us to. But there's a line about there. Grew up doing what your daddy done. You don't ask questions. You do it just because, you know? And so I heard that, and I was like, hell right. These guys know what's up, you know? But it, so it was a dream to, to get to go out on the road with I, with uh, Cadillac 3 was first. And I get out there, I knew Neil, because Neil and I had written together a couple times, and I just, dude, if you don't love Neil within 20 minutes of knowing him, you just don't have a heart. The dude, he's just a good dude. So I wanted to meet, obviously, Jaron and Kelby, and I didn't, you know, Neil and I <clears throat> hadn't talked for a while, but I got a, I got a phone call from management. It was like, hey, you want to go out on the bus with Cadillac 3 and, you know, right, just right with them? Yeah. So uh, yes, please. <laughs> We've been trying to write some stuff. And we wouldn't. We weren't really hitting the nail on the head. But then uh, Neil said he was. He had this idea called Hillbilly, and he saw my Facebook name was Hillbilly, and back in the day, and, and so uh, I was like, "Sounds perfect. That sounds like me. Let's go." So we wrote that and then cut it and put that out. It's it sick, man. It's so cool. And then <laughs> I'll get back to Blackberry Smoke, but it's just a cool way things work out. So I, I was out there with them. They were on tour with Miranda and Little Big Town. I met Little Big Town out there uh, and just loved those guys. They were, Everybody out on that tour was just so friendly and down-to-earth and cool. And everybody, we all were at pool on the last day of the tour just hanging out. Had way too many cocktails before the show. It was great. But, uh, but I ended up you know, become friends with them and, and having a song that I really thought they would sound great on. And, you know, everybody may or may not get to hear one of these days with a little big town on, you know? So, so that was cool. But then Blackberry Smoke, I mean, they, Charlie Starr is, I'm, I'm, I love bands. All right. I love bands, but I grew up loving singers. So it's voices that, that really attract me to, to music. Uh, I'm, some people would be like, dude, you're an idiot, but I'm not the biggest, like, I love John Mayer's music, but I'm just like, it's not, and I, and I realize he has such a great voice too, but it's just not the voice that I'm normally like drawn to. It's a little smoother and stuff, but, but then Charlie, I, what, what made me fall in love with Blackberry Smoke was seeing all those guys play acoustic and the way that Charlie got around an acoustic guitar in a this southern rock bluegrass way that I'd never really seen anybody play before. <laughs> Coupled by the voice in those chops, bro. Those chops. Oh my god. <laughs> I ain't never Is that is that your ultimate end game goal in a few now, years? Look, I'm on the I'm on the Charlie Star path to success right now, baby. I got this going on right here, but no, I just I just did this the other night. Felt it felt questionable when I did it and then I, I understood why afterward, but here we are. Oh, I was gonna say you had a you you went like long hair and big beard there for a while, didn't you? I did. So what happened was, um, last did year, your wife say she liked it, and that's what happened? <laughs> I cut it off. Yeah, that was it. No, she didn't really like it. I, I had a real hard year last year. It was busy as shit, and then at the towards the end of it, I quit shaving and I quit getting my hair cut because I didn't have time to go to a barber. And I wasn't that good at trimming my beard. So, but I didn't want to lose my beard and I didn't want to screw up and end up looking like this either. So, so what happened was I just, 
it just grew. And then I had like three months off where we didn't play any shows or anything uh, at the end of the year. And dude, by the end of it, Rip Van Winkle, baby. I was father time himself. And I was like, damn, man, I like this beard. And my wife's like, I don't. And I'm like, feel sexy for the first time in my damn life. And just like, you know. Hey, that's all right. On a trip, my wife, I know, My on a trip, my wife told me to change my face. That's all I know. Damn, that's brutal. <laughs> she's shaking her head as she's listening. Yeah, she's shaking her head like, yeah, I said that shit. I ain't stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happened that's all right. i also I, I had let my hair get out a little long if you watch some of the past episodes well, i come home my daughter's like uh you're scary now and i'm like really thanks they're they're brutal man I know, kids man. are brutal i know they will uh and they got a whole new language i don't even know i i don't understand what the hell they're saying i, I this i 35 has been a hard year for me i'm like all right all right, my ass is getting old, bro. I don't know what... The, I just heard a whole... Inter, I had two people just said thanks to each other, and I don't know what the hell they were talking about. I'm old. <laughs> That's what it feels like watching today. <laughs> well, I'm at 36, and I don't know if it gets any better, so good luck. <laughs> you old as shit, man. <laughs> hey, my brother-in-law's older. That's all that matters That's for me. That's all I keep saying. How old is, how old is Willie? He is, I think, six months older than I am. And then his wife is like four days older than I am, but it still counts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Where are you guys at in Lexington? We we are in Lexington and, and, and living up, up up life and with a, a four-and-a-half-year-old that thinks she's 14, and it is quite a ride. Oh, no. What's four like with a little girl? Two's fun. I mean, she got an attitude. Don't get me wrong. But it is fun. Like she's in dance class. She she's taking some combo dance. She's in hip hop dance, which is great to watch her come out and do do the moves. She's in <laughs> soccer. But there there's been a few times where we're like, uh oh, like the teacher has the conferences and is like, Your daughter's a leader and we're like, Oh no, she's bossy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so we're we're you know they they find the right words but no she it's awesome and I, I love being a girl dad and but yeah it is it is wild it is wild it's fun it's like I want to make her tougher and shit but at the same time I want her to like I still want her to be like this little precious thing you know absolutely I had, to, I had to go full dad mode in the Bronco today because we were uh, we we're uh, coming back from getting ice cream or something and uh she just kept kicking the back of her mom's chair and like yelling at her for whatever reason so i was like hey she was like the hell she sit back and looked at me like damn that was loud it, it it is fun what they will do it is it is fun and you know what What else I think is fun i, I enjoyed this that you mentioned at some point you didn't like playing in big arenas you like playing in small clubs, yeah, man, smaller well, venues. I won't say that. I don't like playing arenas. I love playing arenas. That's sick. well, yeah. Arenas pay well, yeah. but it, there's a different connection. I'm guessing in a smaller venue. Yeah, man. I mean, it's really cool to go out there and see so many people. But what I really love is when you've got a thousand cap room full of people that are there specifically to see you, and they know your music, and you can reach out and fist bump them, and 
after your show, you could go hang out by the merch table and say what's up, you know, maybe sell a couple of shirts, shake some hands, take pictures, meet kids, meet friends, meet husbands, meet wives, kids, sons, daughters, whatever, you know. I get to meet so many cool people after my shows that I that I get to uh, to draw from a little bit. Uh, you get you get really disconnected from what you're trying to write about out here sometimes when you're out here so much. Uh, which this year's been pretty good. I've been I've been able to spend some time at home, but last few months have been super busy. And uh, so you still get to get a taste for what you know real life is like. Just by getting to talk to people and meet them. We just did a show over in North Carolina and went to the Air Force Base. And the base actually let us come in. I got to sit in an F-15 F or F-16. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was F-16. But I got to sit in the cockpit. And like, and then I would take pictures, and I, they almost shot my ass. Because they are like, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> take pictures of the inside cockpit. All of a sudden, they take you up, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I would love to fly in one of those things. It'd be sick. But uh, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. You just got to know the right people. You just got to know the yeah, right I people. Don't, don't know. I, I'm one step closer than I was before I went to North Carolina. But those people were super cool to us. They, there's actually a nuclear warhead that's buried 150 feet under the ground in some farmer's field in Goldsboro, North Carolina, that they didn't, that we did not know about until just a few years ago, and it became declassified. So uh, they drove me out there and showed me the field where this nuclear warhead is buried. That was pretty wild. Uh, but anyways, yeah, just get like that. I mean, what what I get to. I now know that in a small town in North Carolina, there's a nuclear warhead buried underneath a plot of beans right now. I think there. I mean, it sounds like you might be good at Jeopardy at one at some point. <laughs> if nothing else, buddy, this job's going to take me there. And I bet Jeopardy or at least will be going when by the time my ass is done too. Or at least Appalachian Jeopardy, because that's a whole probably different ball game. <laughs> that sounds like a real badass TV show. I want to watch that one. Now, I also got to some Jesco White, some Jesco White Jeopardy. <laughs> when I die, snort peels off my forehead. Rock and roll. Did you ever see that? Well, that I, my 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 uh, roommate in co in college and and still a good friend of mine uh, grew up in Boone County, West Virginia. So he he knew the Whites. <laughs> that dude is a legend. Legend. Anyway, sorry. The, go ahead. Oh no! Well, because I was gonna say, you know, as we we diverge a little and then we come back. And what's one of your favorite songs to to perform and play? Is it one of yours? Is there a song that's not yours that you love to play? What 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 are some that you're not supposed to have favorites, but sometimes you do? I would say my favorite is "Feeling All Right" with Joe Cocker. Hmm. As far as that's probably like my number one favorite song to to play right now. Live. We've only been playing it for a little while. I got asked to do this seventies night or something during uh a uh seminar or whatever going on in Nashville. And so I chose that song and, and sang it and that night I was just like, Man, I, if you don't get in the spirit singing Joe Cocker, you just ain't got no spirit, son. So you go to church. Um 
I get lost, completely lost singing that song. When we do it, I'm trying to think, as far as my stuff, though, probably my favorite to do is Baptized. We we play Baptized differently than, uh, than it's recorded. So it's a different chord progression, and there's a way that I'm, it's mostly just me and acoustic, but there's the bands. I don't know. I don't want to give it away, so you just have to come out and see what we do. With it's a good time. tease. It's it's a good tease on on that, and because I was going to say, you got some shows coming up too. You'll be in Lexington at the end of the month. Some dates with Cameron Marlowe. Sounds like you got some fun to close out the year. Yeah, man, Cameron Marlowe. I'm looking forward to that. He's a good dude. So that's where me and you met. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, what where was that again in Texas? That was down. It was it in. Katy, Texas, uh, July 4th, after a little rain out. And did you guys do a Johnny Cash song? Uh, I can't remember, man. I, I don't <laughs> remember what we did. I just remember that it rained us out. And they were like, hey, uh-huh. no shit, rain. And I looked, and I was like, there's a bar on the property. And I looked at camera, and I was like, dude, there's a bar. It ain't raining in the, in the bar. We could play down there, you know. So he's like, yeah, hell yeah, we could. So it, it, it was me, him. And, uh, and, uh, but, 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 oh my God, I love it. She likes Beatles and I like the Stones. She likes romantic movies. I like Indiana Jones. What's it? Well, William Clark Green was mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So, uh, I think there might have been another artist. Anyways, we ended up just doing writer's rounds down the, in the bar. It was cool. So that's how I met Cameron. And I was like, you know, anybody who's got the show must go on mentality is, cool in my book and that so I, i've got to play some more stuff with cameron since then other writers arounds and the dude just he's got such a phenomenal voice and he's got great songs and i'm looking forward to going out there and trying to win over a few of his fans and adam to our group that we're building over here too well, i was gonna say as you close out 2023 i mean i know we're only in September. There's a little bit of time left, but obviously looking at the end of the year and looking into 2024, what can folks expect from you? We got one more song coming out this year. Very personal song to myself about my younger days. Um, I'm hoping that it has some time to live during the holidays and, and make some people think, and maybe make some changes. Uh, while the families are together and maybe hopefully bring some families back together. I've seen the power of one song. I'm hoping this one has some too. Uh, so we'll put that out towards the end of this month, I believe. And then I'm going to do this stuff with Cameron and, uh, we're finishing my record next week. So you guys will be getting a record, hopefully, uh, sooner than later next year, you know, first half of next year, maybe we'll see. Things can happen, whatever, but uh, we're, we're about halfway done with it right now. I'm just going to go in and try to nail that down. Super excited. There's uh, just this time, like I said, we're doing something different. I've, the uh, We've worked with the studio band as well on this record, but to finish out the record, it's it's. I told my producer, I said, man, I just want to call some of our friends and have them come sit around and jam and let's record it. So that's what we're doing. we got friends coming to play on a record. It's going to be great. Well, I can't can't wait to hear what comes 
comes out, what comes uh, around, and, and what you got planned, because it sounds like you got some good stuff coming. And LV, thanks for sharing a drink, behaving yourself, and, and having a good conversation. Hey, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you guys having me. Sorry for the uh, mishap in the beginning, but I got this thing downloaded on here now, whatever we're talking on here. I don't know. Well, you know, all that means is we'll have to do this again. Yes, sir. I'll take it. Y'all take care of yourself, man. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.